0: Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then, redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Because I would rather just lay in my chair and read my book while the kids play video games... What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood. I am so happy to have
1: Pumpkin Town in my rearview mirror. With
0: Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. We live with your dirty socks on the floor, or I pick them up and hate you. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas, so you don't have to. Why are you so not fun all the time, Mom? Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood. This is Margaret.
1: And this is Amy, and today we're talking about whether this is all supposed to be more fun. (laughs) I'm going to go with yes. It is. Well, I mean, it is and it isn't. I love an episode like this. We're going to get to the bottom of, is it supposed to be fun? How do we have fun? What are the things that go into things being fun? And can they coexist with parenting? I've got some research. It's going to be one of those.
0: I love it. I think it's supposed to be fun. That's what I think. But I'm going to wait to hear.
1: I just toured a school this morning a school that's under construction beautiful new building and right in the sort of front hall they had the sort of like precepts of the school and one of them was fun as a serious value mm, i like that and i thought oh that's interesting because we were about to record this episode is it supposed to be more fun the tweet tweet answer would be like who said parenthood was supposed to be fun right like get over yourself you're the one who wanted had kids Yep. I don't care if it's fun, but fun is a worthy enterprise in and of itself.
0: Well, Amy, let's take it from your lovely experience at this school to my watching of Love is Blind season three. Oh, okay. We'll bring it down a little <laughs> bit. Love is Blind. I love it. You meet people behind a screen and then you quote unquote, fall in love after like two days. And then you propose to the person. Sorry, I think it's worth breaking it down a little bit for the me's in the the conversation. It's like a Catholic confessional. They're behind a screen. Correct. They call them the pods. So for what seems to be three or four days, you talk to somebody, a group of people through a screen. And then on like day five, one of the almost, I believe it's always the male. Maybe it's been the women. Sometimes it's all hetero relationships. The male after four or five days is like, Amy, I've never seen your face, but I know that you are the absolute love of my life. And then you meet face to face. Then you go on a romantic getaway and then you get married. It always ends in getting married. Well, you go through the whole marriage ceremony. And then when they say I do, like half the people say yes and half the people say no. It's (laughs) cruel, unusual and extremely entertaining. Okay. To apply the question of the episode to Love is Blind, is that supposed to be fun? I don't actually believe that these people have never had the conversation of like, Amy, are you and I really getting married? And you're like, definitely not. But we have to keep going through the thing. I'll get the dress on and we'll go through the motions. They're always like, if I thought it was a no, I would leave right now. And I just think, you know, it's a no. But one of the conversations that they keep having is like, marriage isn't always fun. It's not always easy. And you just watch these two miserable people fight. And I'm like, okay, but let me interject. Supposed to be more fun than this. It's definitely supposed to be more fun than you guys seem to be having. I mean, I get that every day, you know, I like to say, because my whole life apparently is rooted in reality shows every day is not the helicopter to the hot tub on top of the mountain in The Bachelor. But every day is also not, oh no, I agreed to meet a weirdo who I talked to for 10 minutes in a pod. And now we have to keep declaring that we love each other, even though I think he's ugly and he leaves his stinky socks on the floor.
1: I see where you're coming from, but we should aim for something that's more than like, what was I expecting this to be? I'll just take it the way it is. I do think, to start with, I do think having more fun is a worthy enterprise. And the first place we get stuck, here's the first card I'm going to lay down for you, is that having fun means our kids having fun. You know how we're going to have fun this weekend? We're going to make handprint Thanksgiving turkeys. Yes. Your three-year-old will think that's fun. Let's go jump in the leaves Mm. in the backyard. Will they? I think there's a 50% chance they'll think that's fun. Well, there's a 50% chance that they will find it's fun. But like the family having fun means the kids having fun, which means your life gets easier as a parent if your kids are occupied, happily occupied. It doesn't necessarily make your life more fun. So that's the first thing I'm going to say is like being a parent, when we say having fun, we
0: mean Occupied kids, which is different. I mean, having fun with little kids is so different than having fun with big kids. It's just fundamentally so so different. I was just rewatching. I was pulling up videos on my phone, and the little kids and their adorable voices, being like my son, opening and closing a door, and being like, "Hello, mommy. Goodbye, mommy. Hello, ma." Like it was so adorable. But I know when I was doing that, I was just like bleeding from the eyeballs, tired and. There were fun moments and they were adorable, but for me, it was, I would never describe it as fun. There are two kinds of
1: things involved with taking care of kids. And one is care tasks, right? Like bathing, feeding, putting their shoes on, getting them in the car seat, whatever. You know a care task if you're doing it. And then there's also like interactive tasks, which some of us enjoy more than others, getting down on the floor and playing video games with them, playing Barbies with them, playing whatever, like engaging with them. Raising my hand for do not enjoy. Handprint Thanksgiving turkeys, which I actually really did enjoy with my kids. I enjoyed a lot of both of those things. But as categories, care tasks and interactive tasks, would you agree that interactive tasks at least have the potential to be more fun than care tasks?
0: I mean, certainly, I guess it's more fun than doing laundry, but like playing babies with my three year old for an hour, I think I might have rather been matching socks isn't fun either. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, listen, an outing to the pumpkin patch where like we're running around and everyone's in an adorable little costume and everyone's having fun. That's fun times 100. Like, I'd rather do that than sit at brunch. Like, it's that fun. But sitting at brunch is not fun for your kids. And I would argue you're going
1: to the pumpkin patch because you think your kids will love it. Like, that's why you're going is so you can maybe get a cute picture out of it for your Christmas card. And the kids will enjoy climbing on a tractor.
0: But I did find that fun. Like all of us being out as a family and the kids like being adorable and frolicking at the pumpkin patch. Fun. That's so funny to me. I'm like, I am so happy to have
1: Pumpkin Town in my rearview mirror. Going and standing around. Oh, We just went. I just dragged my teens. I love Pumpkin Town. Standing around while your kids have a good time at the Jumpy Castle birthday party is like, not not for me. Fun is different for different people. But I want to go back to the point I was making about the care tasks and the interactive tasks. So the care tasks tend to be taken on more in a two-parent household by the default parent. Yes. Who, for the purposes of this conversation, is probably the person listening to this podcast right now. And their parenting partner is the one who gets to come home at bedtime, be around on the weekends, throw the football in the backyard, play monster, fun time Charlie. Yeah, you say fun time Charlie about your husband. Yes. Right. And those are interactive. And so, I mean, Yeah, I guess in the large sense, all care tasks are not terrible and all interactive tasks are not awesome. But in terms of like, what's more likely to be fun, playing with the kids is probably more fun than yelling to hurry up and come inside. It's getting dark. And I already told you the dinner's getting cold person.
0: Oh, for sure. And as the kids get older, this kind of morphs into mom's a drag and dad is fun in a big in writ large ways. Yes. So there's a book called All Joy and No Fun, The Paradox of Modern
1: Parenthood by Jennifer Senior. Fantastic book. I'll put the link in the show notes. It was published in 2014. But there are a lot of things that definitely resonated with me on the other side of a pandemic. But she argues that in a typical house and studies back this up, that efforts to get children to comply, like hurry up, sit down, don't push your brother, get off him. Those types of things have been studied and proven to be uttered and taken over much more by the female parent than by the male parent. Yeah. Hashtag agree. Right. And so there's an asymmetrical dynamic. I'm going to quote Jennifer Senior here. She says, this asymmetrical dynamic can add a low frequency hum of resentment to a relationship because mom gets the job of family nag.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've often said like the whole term nagging is either we live with your dirty socks on the floor or I pick them up and hate you or... I tell you to pick them up. Like the reason why nagging comes up, and listen, you can over nag and there are times where it's like, let it go. I get it. But the term nagging is sort of like, what's my other option than nagging though? I'd like to know.
1: Right. I don't like how you sound when you tell me that I need to do something. Okay. Sorry about that. Can you please pick up your socks? Nicely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But like, do I just pick up them or do we just, I live in a world where it's okay for me to have to smell your socks? Ugh. And then it becomes this Mobius strip of, like, mom's no fun,
1: right? Mom is the reason that things aren't fun, because mom is the one who reminds me that sometimes I have to do something that isn't fun. Why are you so not fun all the time, mom? You're not wrong,
0: Amy. You're speaking... (laughs) You could have, as my kids like to say, Amy, you could have spoken any language today, and you chose facts.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad you agree. I thought we would go through, like, here are the ways... That one is supposed to have more fun in their lives and create more fun in their lives. And we'll go through them and let's talk about why those may or may not be complicated by the fact of having children underfoot. So the first way that we are supposed to have more fun in our lives, if we're like, "Eh, am I having enough fun? Here's what you need to do. You need to be present. You need to be in the moment, right? You need to be here now. This is complicated by the fact of parenthood. I'm going to quote Daniel Gilbert. He's the author of Stumbling on Happiness. He says there is an important role for being present in our lives, but he argues children only live in the present, which means that when you're with them, you don't get to be in the present because they're in the present and you're keeping them from falling down the steps.
0: Yeah, I think both things can be true. And I do think that like as a when I I mean, I had three kids under four. I was 90 percent overwhelmed, but Being able to have those times where we were just all crawling on the floor or playing, and like they were adorable, and being able to say this amazing thing. And I look back at those videos and I think, "Eh, I probably didn't spend enough time in that place, but I was overwhelmed, you know, being able to be in that space of three adorable little creatures. If I could be in the present, it was probably more fun. I get it. You're right. That's when it was
1: fun. And so, yeah, I would argue, I mean, I figured this out the hard way, that if there were two adults in the house, I tended to be the one in the kitchen making dinner, the one upstairs running the bath water, right? Laying out the pajamas while the other person was playing. Yes, and having fun. And if you're finding yourself in that rut, it is worth having the maybe slightly hard conversation about switching the narrative sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And I think prioritizing fun over other things can be kind of a game changer and I think that's something that I've come to in my life is prioritizing happiness over other things okay over perfection over having the laundry done over even like eating vegetables enough you know just all right let's make it fun you know in this example I'm
1: thinking like okay so the kids get to bed 15 minutes later like what's the big deal like relax right but then the argument to that is because you want to watch love is blind tonight and you've been with the kids and you're exhausted and you want to have fun and for you. Fun can also be not being with the kids. Relaxation means like stopping driving faster, faster, hurry up. But there's something to be gained by getting those things done, too. It's hard.
0: Yes. All right. I do have a rebuttal to that. We'll be right back. Margaret, exciting news.
1: I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th
0: When I say fun, I don't mean the kids staying up all night. One of the things I prioritized was the 7 p.m. Bedtime, mm-hmm. because for me, fun was my husband and I getting taken Chinese food and watching our show together. Right, right. It's prioritizing your fun. And that that does tend, we've talked about it in a room of our own and in so many different things, especially during the pandemic, like, sorry, your sewing center has to go because now dad needs to work at that desk. Really making active choices to say, I need my own space. I need my own time. And... I want to have fun, you know, and I want to be a better mom for my kids. I feel like that was something I gave voice to a lot. Like, I'm not going to be the person in charge of the kids when we're on vacation. That's got to be half you at least, you know. I'm
1: thinking about like the idea of a sewing corner, right? Having something in your life that you do Because you like it, and is not because it earns money for the family, or is not because it saves money for the family. I can't really point to too many things I do just for me, just because I feel like it. Besides, like watching a TV show once in a while, even yoga, right? Like I love doing yoga, but I do it so I have longevity and health, and I'm more patient. You know, I'm doing it for this sort of like good of the universe instead of just because I feel like it. It really was true that when I was growing up, after school, I came home, I changed. Had a snack, went over to Susie Krupski's house, and I came home at dinner time every day after school. And sometimes it was Megan Scanlon's house, and we were just in somebody's backyard doing something. And these days, my mom would be driving me to gymnastics class and then to my brother's soccer tryouts. We have to take our kids' places to do things. And in New York City, you literally have to take them to the park to stand there while they play with their peers. And that, I think, makes it a lot harder to find time to do things that you yourself find fun.
0: I think that's true. But I also think that fighting against that is super important. I'm thinking about mealtime at our house. What my three kids want to talk about at mealtime is memes from the internet. They want to talk to each other in a literal language I do not understand, where they're just sharing memes with each other. And they want to talk about TV shows and Marvel movies. And I have some dinners where I let that go, and it's fun for them. And some dinners where I say... I want to talk about other things. Fun is fun, but we also have to do some things that are fun for me too. What would you talk about that's fun for you that wouldn't involve them being like, oh, why do we have to talk about politics tonight? It's not so much politics, but it is like, I don't understand the meme talk. So that's not interesting for me. So tonight we're going to talk about what everyone's favorite part of the day was, how was school for you? We sometimes still take out what are the cards call that we've talked about? Like we still use table topics. We still have that box of cards. I want to have a family conversation. And I do think that when, that you constantly, one of the things we do is we just forget fun as part of the conversation. We were talking about school sports with Linda Flanagan and we had a conversation about sports for maybe 20 minutes And then at some point, one of us said, you know what word we haven't used in relation to sports at all? Fun. Like the idea. That's the whole point of a book. It falls away very easily. And I think I err too much on the side of let's just make it easy and fun. I mean, that is so my prerogative that I realized that like one of my kids actually has zero after after school activities and is playing video games like probably, I don't know. I might say 20 hours a week, way too much, you know? So, is that fun for him? Yeah, it is. Super fun. But life isn't all fun. And he just was asking about, oh, he wants to quit band. He hates band. I said, you can't quit band because it's your only activity. My instinct is, let's just do what's fun. Let's just get taken dinner. And I will realize like, okay, we haven't eaten a vegetable in four days because I'm just constantly getting taken food. Right. Exactly. Okay. I have to work a little bit more on finding the work because I am a person who is oriented to fun you're quitting fun with relaxation and like, let's just hang out. And that is
1: fun for certain kinds of people, right? And then you have when we go on a family vacation, the last thing that my spouse wants to do is sit in a pool chair. He is like itchy. He goes to the gym, he goes to the gym again, who wants to do this, who went and I'm like, I'm reading a book, I'm just gonna sit here and what's fun for me and what's fun for him are completely different. And when you're responsible for kids, There are some kids who, you know, love hanging out. My youngest used to, I could take her to a restaurant and hand her like the sugar packets and she would take them out and put them back in
0: and take them out and put them back in and give them names. My daughter could sit for three hours with salt and pepper and be like, Mr. Salt (laughs) is telling Mrs. Pepper that they have a fire at the house. Like she could just play for an hour that way. Yeah. Yeah. Not so my other two.
1: No. And then you have kids who are literally climbing the walls and they need to have fun too and and anyway it's complicated this actually segues nicely into the next way that you're supposed to like have more fun in your life have more happiness is to do one thing at a time to stop multitasking and just do one thing at a time it's related to being present just do the thing that's in front of you really sit with your kid if your kid wants to play hot wheels with you really sit and play hot wheels don't also take the work call don't also be checking your emails do one thing at a time
0: that will make your life more fun This sounds annoying, but it's extremely practical. One hour of engaged play buys you time later on. And that one hour of I'm half checking my email while being like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, Iron Man is really strong. Look at him punch the Hulk. Like that, (laughs) taking an hour out to engage, it's just practically a good idea to be actively engaged with your kids for some time in the day.
1: And you were saying an hour. I mean, I think it can be 30 seconds. I don't mean 30 seconds and then never again, but just really listen to them. Gosh, I have a high schooler who just has a very uh, highly tuned radar for that, including like when I'm looking at Google Maps to tell me where we're supposed to go next because we're lost. And sometimes I'm like, yes, I am multitasking right now, but it's not my fault. I'm also trying to get you to a soccer game at an unfamiliar field. Like it don't be mad at me that I'm not hearing about Aaron Paul. But yeah, so doing one thing at a time is a nice goal. And then again. We live in a world where I, I would argue that's that's harder than it used to be. I mean, partially because the phone's in our hand and we're addicted to them, but partially because work thinks they should be able to get you while you're at your kid's game or on weekends or at night.
0: I have a friend who, it was tail end of the pandemic, was still working from home and went somewhere with her kids and was taking her kids somewhere they needed to be, maybe a game or something, and was working while she was sitting on the sidelines of the game or whatever. And someone came up to her, I think a dad, and was like, you know what? You should be paying attention. You'll miss these Like, get off the phone. (laughs) She was kind of embarrassed. And I was like, you should be embarrassed. You should be furious. Like, that person does not understand. (laughs) Keep it to yourself, friend. Yeah. And don't be that person. I mean,
1: geez. No, don't be that person. You don't know. There's that quote, like, everyone is fighting a, a secret battle of which you know nothing. Oh, my goodness. So true. Don't make those assumptions. Well, multitasking, just to give you a little statistics on why multitasking actually makes us you know, more stressed instead of less stressed. Like, the idea is, let me just get these couple of emails done on the side while I'm also playing shoots and ladders, and then I'll be more relaxed later. But studies show that we don't process information as well when we multitask which means the information doesn't sync to your memory like it's supposed to and you don't choose well. And then there's time sync. You think you're doing two things at once well, but brain studies show that you're you're losing time every time you switch between two tasks. So it takes you much longer to do two things at once than it does to do the one thing and then the next thing. There's just static and it leads to this ongoing sense of urgency that I need to be doing two things at once. How about three? Really, I should be able to do four things at once. And it's not fun. It's the opposite of fun.
0: It's the opposite of fun and it it's busyness at the top of your triangle, which is just not good for anybody. Like busy is it just becomes a lifestyle in a way that I understand it and I have been there, but I do try when I feel that how are you? Busy? I try to break that down a little bit. I mean I am self-employed, I have a husband who's at home and supportive, it's easy to say from my point of view, there have been times where I'm busy and there's no real solution, but it is an alarm bell that I try to really work at hearing now that busy is how I am. I know that something needs to change.
1: Yeah, and if you are busy, like I have an outside project I'm working on right now, like you need to create space for it where you can solo task, when you can work just on that thing. And as we all know, like when you're working on something that requires concentration, you got to warm up first, right? You got to just check Twitter real fast. You just got to look at this thing. And all of a sudden, 20 minutes of the hour that you set aside has gone by. <laughs> this isn't something I can do at the kitchen table. It's deep work.
0: It's deep work. It's not multitaskable.
1: Right. And if I try to do it with my kids asking me questions or putting music on in the car while I'm trying to like have a call, but you can't do two things at once and have fun. So you need to push back against it knowing that's easier said than done, as I'm saying it.
0: Amy, I have another thought on fun that I'm going to share with you when we come back. Okay. Margaret, I've been at the research again,
1: looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you
0: manage your metabolic health. mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate.
1: Fresh for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order.
0: And now, things that were fun before kids versus things that are fun after kids. From the What Fresh Hell Podcast. Before
1: Kids. Dressing up as a sexy kitty for Halloween and hitting the bars until 2 a.m. After kids. Dragging your three-year-old Hello Kitty to at least four houses before she melts down and making it home by bath time. Before kids. Having a fancy dinner with impeccable service, craft cocktails, a culinarily daring entree, and a high-end dessert course. After Kids. Having dinner where no one in your party throws food at any of the other diners. Before Kids. Rolling out of bed for an 11 a.m. champagne brunch. After Kids. Rolling into lunchtime at 11 a.m. and realizing you only had to prepare one more meal today and probably a bunch of snacks. Before Kids going to a spa for a day to lie down and indulge in some hardcore relaxation after kids getting a root canal where you can lie down without anyone talking to you for a full
0: hour this has been things that were fun before kids versus things that are fun after kids from the what fresh hell podcast This is another area where modeling is kind of what it's all about. I was just having conversations about the holidays when people have very different family situations and I get it. But for a lot of people that I talk to, the holidays are here we go, like enduring the nightmare of the people we know. And Again, lots of complications there. But I do feel that one thing in my family of origin is we were always kind of taught family is fun. Family is crazy and kooky. And there's all sorts of different things that go on in a family. Family is such a positive to me. And I think prioritizing fun. And I find myself again, I worry I do this a little bit too much like When the homework gets overwhelming, I'm like, let's put it down and go do something. Fun is more important than fourth grade homework. It just is. Fun is a serious value, to go back to what we said at the beginning. Fun to me is a serious value. Now, do I worry that like I see all the other kids playing elite varsity cricket ball? I get white hot panic about it all of the time, but I do think prioritizing... There's a difference, you're right, in prioritizing video games and laying around over being active, and that sometimes I'm on the wrong side of. Because I would rather just lay in my chair and read my book while the kids play video games. I ran into someone the other day, they had been up at 4.45 a.m. to take their kids to a game. I was just thinking there is literally no world in which I would do that. In some sense, like if your kid is really gifted at
1: something or really and there's at some point where it chooses you and you can still say no, I suppose. But there's some point where your kid just has this incredible gift and this incredible opportunity. And you're supposed to do it not because they're going to be famous or whatever, but just because right. they're called to it and you want to support them, but doesn't necessarily make it fun for everybody else in the family. I'm very glad we never had to answer that call because I do not know how it would have gone. <laughs> Have you heard of this book, Flow? I'm going to pronounce his name carefully. His name is Mikhail Cheek Sent Me Hi. It came out probably 30 years ago, this book, Flow, where he is a psychologist, sort of defines true fun. It's fun to like look at your phone. He's saying fun is like skiing. Fun is that activity you get into where you completely lose all sense of time. That thing that you're so good at, you could just do it all day and it gives you more energy instead of less and you lose yourself in it. He calls that state, that mental state, flow. And he breaks down in his book how to get into that because that's when we're truly happy. Some people have this running, some people have this writing, right? So there's all kinds of ways you can get it, and maybe even in video games too. But to be in flow, he says, you have to be sort of perfectly maximally challenged. It can't be too hard because that's frustrating, and it can't be too easy because that's boring. Why that's interesting is that parenting, particularly parenting small children, can be both too hard and too easy. you have a kid with an ear infection, it's impossible. It's not rewarding playing Poly Pockets is too boring. It's not asking enough of you. Yes. I guess what I'm trying to say is you are not going to find flow in either of those places. You're not going to find your optimal sense of happiness and being everything you can be when somebody's throwing up on you or when you're talking about Marvel movies, and that's okay, because that's flow is not findable in either of those particular situations.
0: This brings up a really interesting topic of, is it supposed to be fun? And I think that's very debatable. And I was having this conversation with somebody about work. Is it supposed to be fun? I think it's harder for people of our generation, and certainly the generation below us, because there's this expectation that work is supposed to be amazing. And I'll talk to people in the generation before, and they're like, we thought work was so we could buy a car, you know? But then I've also talked to people who said, even when we were, when I worked at restaurants, I wasn't making a ton of money, but it was always really, really fun. But then I had jobs that were more challenging and I made a lot more money and they were a lot less fun than working at restaurants with a bunch of stoner weirdos who were nuts and we goofed on the customers all day fun is is not the only variable i guess is what i'm coming down to is that that this idea of flow is interesting and i think like, sitting around and playing video games all day is not flow mm-hmm. i mean maybe you can get into a sense of flow if you're like doing it exactly right but you have to find a balance between fun and meaningful you have said learning the piano is not fun but playing well is fun right that's a flow activity playing, being good at the piano, I imagine. And so you you can't just focus on fun because there are things that come from hard that are really fun. Being able to ski is fun. Learning to ski and falling on icy slopes is not fun. You do have to find that balance between challenge and fun. And that's why that book and that title is so great. All joy, no fun, right? It's all reward and high level, like full human experience. But it's not actually fun, right? If you only want to have fun, I guess, play video games all day and eat chips and wash them down with Coke. That's my kid's idea of fun. But obviously, that's not going to be healthy or fulfilling on some level.
1: Right. You're right. Eventually that runs out and then you need to be really good at something, have this flow activity that you love, like something that brings you joy and you need to get there. In the All Joy and No Fun book, she quotes Daniel Gilbert, a psychologist. He wrote Stumbling on Happiness. I quoted him in the first segment. He talks about work is outside the home, he means, is more structured. He says it has clear goals. You get feedback. You understand what has to be done. There are limits on it. I go home at six, whatever, whatever they are. That all makes it at least more possible to achieve a state of feeling rewarded by your efforts in a way that parenthood is not. It isn't that parenthood has to be fun. And it isn't like we should give up on it being fun. I wanted to sort of land on the idea that you're not a bad person if you don't find it so fun, because there are good reasons for that sometimes.
0: I think that's right. And I also think that it's in designing. I know you're not a huge fan of my triangle, but for me, top of the triangle values are like the things that we cannot let go of. And then things can fall down the triangle, like being on travel sports. To me, that's very low on my triangle. Being high achieving in basically any way, it's not at the top of my personal triangle. I think that really understanding that like maybe the top of the triangle is being a meaningful participant in life whether that's doing good for other people being a good person like achieving things is at the top of my triangle but fun is also up there and that that just knowing that if it's all misery or all kind of reward in this intellectual sense but no day-to-day fun sure that's worth changing it's worth reprioritizing fun. It's the like wooden, you know, uh, farm stand with white paint sign that says in this house, we value love, laughter. And But there is some real use in saying, what do we value? Because if we want to value fun and nobody in this house is having fun because we're so busy, We might need to reprioritize things. And if we're so busy playing video games and drinking Coke and eating chips, we're having a lot of fun. We might need to reprioritize being meaningful participants. I think what happens with parenthood is the choices become very passive. And what we're advising is get really active about saying, does my life look the way I want it to? if not what's missing, and for a lot of people, I bet what's missing is fun.
1: And if it's not so fun right now, that doesn't mean it would never be fun again. It can be a season.
0: Yes, if it's not fun, is that because I'm in a season where it's just not going to be fun? That's fine. When I had three kids under four, I don't think it was that fun, but I would say that I'm really glad I did it, because right now I'm having a lot of fun with my three closely spaced kids who are goofballs and we're having a good time. It's joyful, it's meaningful, but then if
1: it's not also fun... Remember when Carla Nomberg was on and she talked about the second arrow of suffering that's really stayed with me? Yes. The idea that like you're playing Polly Pockets with your kid. This is supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to be having fun. Treasure every moment. And then you're like mad at yourself for
0: not liking it enough leave that out of the picture, because that's not going to help you have fun. And it reminds me of your quote, you don't quit because it's a hard day, but it's okay to quit if it's only hard days. Oh, yeah. Like you can't have fun on hard days, but you have to look at it if it's only hard and there's no fun. I think that's kind of where we're coming out to. Yeah. Fun is not maybe the most important thing, but if it's only not fun, you should make a change. Work on those dials. You solved it. Be the man in the mirror and make that change. (laughs) Solved it, Amy.
1: Again, you solved it. We're so fun. I wanted to do a shout out for our listener survey, bit.ly slash survey. I'm putting the link in the show notes too. fill that out. So we know what part of the country you're in, how many kids you have, what kind of sponsors you've liked that we've had on our shows. It helps us get new sponsors, keep bringing you this show. It would really help us out. Thanks for doing it. And thanks for listening, friends. Talk to you next week.